planet. For more info, go to danimalplanetradio.com. With warmer temperatures here, your thoughts probably are turning to a cool glass of iced tea, a swim in the pool, or turning on the air conditioning and relaxing inside. But one thing you may not realize is that butter is not good for you. 11 out of 6 neurologists say that using butter makes your feet swollen and leads them to falling off. Also, for every ounce of Dr. Pepper you drink, the chance of getting leprosy increases tenfold. And did you know that breathing while you walk can transform you into a horse? This message has been brought to you by people who have money to burn and completely have lost their minds. Have a good evening. This the real shit right here. Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Hey! It's time now for Danimal Planet. What's that smile on that face? I don't know where you people come from. The Danimal Planet Podcast is available by visiting danimalplanetradio.com. All right. Whoa, boy! You want it? Take it! Where do you think you're going? You're ready for something! Start the show. Oh, hell yeah. That would be great. And welcome back to Animal Planet Radio, animalplanetradio.com. Thanks for joining us. So, my next guest today, a uh, friend of mine, John Harrell is his name. I met John uh, a handful of years back. Um, he mentions 2014 in uh, our interview, and I'm, I'm just going to assume that he's right because uh well he's probably just right 2013 or 2014 uh i had filled in for a show with uh credence we played in las vegas he was uh there hanging out he knows Stu cook i'm meeting all these cool people through Stu cook you know just like that'll be like the basis of my shows from now on hey you know Stu? hey you want to do a podcast all right um so anyway hit it off with john that night kept in touch with him my other band at the time, we traveled to Fredericksburg, Texas, played some shows, hung out with John again. Um, visit his website, johnharrellauthor.com. That's H-A-R-R-E-L-L, johnharrellauthor.com, uh, author of the uh, Amazon bestsellers list. Well, congratulations, John. Killing My Father, Then Finding Him, Um and also his blog, seeking-grace.com. Find John on Instagram, and you're going to want to do this because it's a big part of this interview. John underscore Harrell on Instagram. He posts what he considers or what he calls unscripted minute, you know, 30 to 60 second videos where he's really just preaching, you know, uh, you know, show compassion, um, you know, inspirations, and, and just, you know, be kind and, and, and be good to others. I mean, we, we take that saying for granted. John really you know, dedicates himself to doing that. He's got a, a fantastic uh, story, uh, the, the story behind his book and his videos and his inspirations and his speaking tours and stuff like that. So uh, I invite you to stick around for a little bit. Uh, I had a really fun conversation with John about with a little bit of everything going on, not just uh, 
you know, the COVID stuff and everything that we're all dealing with together. But uh, in a time like this, uh, a message like John's uh, is it really uh, comes at a great time. So appreciate you being here. Danimal Planet Radio, my interview with John Harrell starts right now, right here on DanimalPlanetRadio.com. You can trouble me for a warm glass of shut the hell up. Now you will go to sleep or I will put you to sleep. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Hello. Hey, John. Dan, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. Just riding out the old COVID-19 wave. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, there's a little change going on in the world, but it's all, Just, for, it's all for good. Well, nobody told doing? me. No. Oh, this is, uh, this is great. I'm, I'm glad we can catch up today and... Um, just get going through my list of, I guess, Monday things, you know, uh, whatever yeah. the whatever the hell that means. <laughs> well, it's funny when you texted me yesterday. You said, uh, uh, you know, you got time the next couple of days, maybe maybe even Monday. Monday is tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I, when you said that, I was like, you know what? He's right. Tomorrow is Monday. I get. I mean, like, I, I've been asking people like crazy. Like, does it even matter anymore? I mean, like, I I know some people are still working and stuff, and you know banks and whatever the, the your your typical day of business type things mm-hmm. you know rely on monday through friday whatever but like guys like uh you know we're just kind of like well i mean hey live life like every day is a friday you know there you go you try there to you go but i love what you're doing with uh, staying connected to people through music you know music is one of those things that really does connect all of us you, you can go to a kick-ass concert and you're there with people who are vegans who are Muslims who are atheists, who are meat eaters, who are NRA members, who think who think all guns should be outlawed. Everybody has a wonderful shared experience. Mm-hmm. You never hear somebody leave a concert and go, "Man, you know, I sure wish all those NRA guys weren't there." You, you know what right. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I, I've I've never heard that, so that's that's kind of yeah. cool. But no, you're right. I mean, uh, it's music does bring you know large groups of people together from all walks of life, and the good thing about that is. Like you mentioned, it doesn't matter who or what you are. You know, yeah. it's it's a body of people coming together to enjoy, you know, that moment of life for however long it ends up being, you know, two hours, three hours, whatever. Sure, sure. You know, the um, <clears throat> I think one thing that we've learned from this, you know, stay at home and, and uh, stay six feet apart and Zoom and all this stuff is how much that we really do need other people, you know, in proximity in our lives, right? Yeah. I mean, I... I I lead a men's group from seven to eight every Wednesday morning through my church, and and you know we do it through Zoom right now. It's just not the same. No, it is not the same. It is hard as hell for me to to lead that thing because I'm better in person. I'm not that great in person, but I'm better in person than I am on on Zoom. You know. But, well, I I understand some things like that. Even like you know like online school. You know, I was mm-hmm. ne- I've never been a fan of like you know online classes. I'm like I'm kind of one of those. I got to be in the classroom. I want that that interaction uh yeah. so it's yeah very similar to what you're saying uh well let me let me do an official start here um i've got my friend john harrell on the phone today visit the website john com. that's harrell with two l's and www.seeking-grace.com for your blog and um we'll get into rachel's challenge as well um so Good. i watched i watched the video on your website that you were on uh the tv show in austin which was pretty cool they're talking about the book congratulations on it being a bestseller, Killing My Father, Then Finding Him. Um, thank you for sending me the copy of it, and I read it. And what, uh, obviously with the message in the book, what what start, what 
kind of prompted you to write this book? Sure, it's a great question. I get it. I get it often. So you know, I, I, you mentioned the blog. I write the blog, and I used to make it an occasional blog, meaning every about every three weeks I would write something. Mm-hmm. It'd be you know three to four hundred words. Well, it now is, an, is a daily inspiration. It's anywhere from three to thirty words, and and, and nothing more. But in April of two thousand eighteen. I wrote once, two years ago right now, I wrote a, uh, a blog entitled Kill, um, uh, Atticus Finch is Dead, and I was citing um, the absence of fathers in homes now and how important that it is. There's a Department of Justice study that I cited in that blog, and it was um, that 69% of youth suicides are kids from fatherless homes. I'm not talking about divorced homes. I'm talking about where a child does not even know who their father is. They've sure. abandoned them. And and it's it's funny. I run into people all the time that that is their situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, 75% of rapists are kids from fatherless homes. And then in the next paragraph, I wrote, uh, I alluded to my upbringing. Uh, I grew up in a violent, crazy, fear-filled home. And I've alluded to it in previous writings, but I went a little deeper, and I said, but what about those of us whose father came home every night, but we wished he didn't? Right. And I, and I went into a deeper dive of what my family life was like and, and how you know fearful it was and couldn't wait to, to get away in the hate and rage and, and anger that I had as a, as a young person. Um, and I had hundreds of people reach out to me after that and say, hey, I, I mean, I didn't know most of these people either. I said, hey, I grew up the same way, but I always thought I was the only one. Yeah. When you when you grow up like that, you feel isolated, alone, and you, you're so ashamed of your home life that you never tell anyone about it because, you know, it's, you don't you wanna you wanna appear to be like everything's cool and you're a high school right. kid and you know, everything's fine. You don't want to say, Man, my life my life is a really fucked up mess when I go home, right? Right. So um <clears throat> it, and and I th- started thinking you know, if that many people took the time to shoot me an email and tell me that that was their situation, I, I'm guessing that probably 10 to 20 times more people didn't do yeah. that. So I thought, you know what, I think I can um, help people by writing this writing this book. And, and that was the purpose I, I, from, of writing it. It wasn't yeah. to make a ton of money. Well, I've accomplished that. I hadn't made a lot of money, but I made a little bit. But, but that wasn't the purpose. It was sure. to help people. And I still, it's still selling pretty well. I still get, get emails, contact from people today that mm-hmm. say, hey, thanks for writing this because I grew up the same way and you give me a new perspective to look at how to forgive those who have harmed me. Who have harmed me. Yeah. And so, you know, and I, I, lo- I really love the title. I mean, I, I got to tell you, I love the title. And um, Yeah, where'd the title come from? from? Yeah. So I was um, I was laying in bed early 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 one one Monday morning and I said okay I was having a little you know one of those one of those arguments and wrestling matches with with God and I said all right if you want me to do this I need a title because I've been racking my brains and I hadn't written anything yet okay yeah. and I mean it was 5:40 in the morning on a Monday morning and immediately killing my father then finding him just popped in my head mm-hmm. and I go it just I mean it just clicked it yeah. it just was locked in the pocket man so I. I got up, wrote it down, and um, then uh, uh, one of one of my friends was telling me, "All you need to do to write is solitude. All you need to have is solitude." So, okay, I can do that. He goes, "I don't mean just locking yourself in your condo. I mean go somewhere right. and write." So, I, so I checked into a hotel, uh, you know, 
about 10 miles away, just in the, in the hill country, and lock myself in, and I would write a chapter, you know, take a, take a little break, write a chapter, take a little break. I wrote the thing in three days. Now, you know, it, it is short, okay? Sure. But I, I like to say I kept it short so men would read it, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but it should be yeah. in, that that should have its own section in the bookstore like books men should read <laughs> under under so many pages you know <laughs> it's great you know what I, but I, I never thought that it had to be you know like war and peace or atlas shrug to be effective i thought it just needed to have you know make certain points and and just not put a bunch of filler minutiae and yeah. get it out to three to four hundred words and you know i, I and proud of the work, I feel like mission accomplished. Yeah. So that's that's where it came from, though. Well, congratulations, and uh, it really does take a lot. Having read it and seeing what you alluded to in the book, as far as your upbringing and and when you know the father comes home, and many people, like you said, reached out to you that said, you know, I wished he hadn't come home. It it takes a lot of courage, John, and and it's really admirable that you would you know kind of dedicate yourself now at this point in your life to you know. I don't want to say going out of your way, but you're 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 doing all that you can to spread, you know, uh, words of gratitude. You know, for people to have compassion. And you mentioned mm-hmm. like a chain reaction. I went I went through your Instagram, which is John underscore Harold, um, and watched all of your unscripted minute videos. I went through and watched every mm-hmm. single one of them. Took some notes. Oh, and thank you. It's <laughs> it's really something. Uh, in your comments, and and I ask people to do the same because, uh, like you said, there. are you know, some of them are really short and you can run through them fairly quickly on Instagram, you know, showing compassion, how just go out into the world and be a positive influence. You mentioned how our tongues could be uh, a weapon of mass destruction. And that's a terrific way of putting it. It's really yep. the truth. It is. And, and people, you know, one thing I, um, and I'll laugh about this. I make a joke about it. I think it's probably in one of my videos. It's like, you know, here it is, an election year. And there's nothing like an election year to really bring people together. Oh, you know? God. <laughs> <laughs> people, people, I mean, they say things to people, to other people, sometimes over politics, which is not something worth arguing about. I mean, you're not, yeah. you see things, we all see things different all across the spectrum. Yeah. But, the, uh, you know, some of the things people say to each other it's awful. are just downright, it, it, it's beyond awful. I don't even know what the word is. I'm not sure I know, I know the word. Yeah. Um, and there's so much stuff that's spread around that it's just not true. It's just a bunch of people are spreading bullshit. And it's like, okay, uh, I mean, I go back to 2016. Okay, you don't like Hillary Clinton. I get it. But they had a meme that was going around. Uh-huh. And, and the meme said um, that it was about Chelsea Clinton, said that uh, Chelsea has a degree from Stanford. She actually has two master's degrees. But said that Chelsea has a degree from Stanford. But the only, the only job she could get was working for mommy and daddy's foundation making 900,000 a year and I go that doesn't sound right yeah. so I went and looked it up and and because you all the the tax filings for or charity charities are online I went and looked it up and so she was contributing 30 hours a week to the foundation uh, Bill and Hillary were co- each contributing 20 hours a week and none of them were taking any compensation so I'm yeah. like you know just I mean I don't care if you hate somebody I don't care if you love Donald Trump or hate him think he's the second coming or hillary or anybody right but don't lie about people don't make stuff up because you're just spreading stuff that is going to divide our country and our people our communities further i hear of you know i heard a, an alarming number from a from a guy who is a credible source named alan hilton 10 percent of couples divorced 
six to eight months, I think it was, after the 2016 election because of politics. Wow. I mean, you got to kind of wonder what, what the relationship was like. Well, like that before. that was the final straw, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Like it took but Donald Trump like, to, to decide we don't love each other. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, it's insane. And, and, and so it's like, you know, they, um, I, I don't know. I think, I think politics is such a, such a, an inflammatory subject, yet we love to, to discuss it. And I think it's good. I think we need to, you know, I don't hang around with people that just think the way I do politically. No. Because... That's dangerous, Dan. It's mm-hmm. dangerous. You can't, you start thinking that you can never be wrong, that you're right. right all the time, and then your ego gets in in the the mix, and it's like, no, you've got to hang out with people, you know, that that see things differently, because that way, and that and only that way, does your worldview expand. You right. see the world through a different prism. If somebody doesn't, you know, there's people that hate guns. There's people that love guns. But, you know, and I have some guns, but I'm, you know, I'm not crazy and go shoot people up. Right. But I, I, I talk to people who, who believe that guns should be outlawed because I want to hear what they're why. I want right. to know what their, what their method thinking is. We're not trying to convert them to my way of thinking. That, that's, that's a, you know, that's an exercise in futility. Yeah. But I just want to learn. Somebody, uh, I did a magazine interview a couple of years ago after the book was released and, and, uh, <clears throat> Somebody, he said, they said, uh, so this publication is, you know, read by millions of people, and, and it is. Who are, you know, who's some people that you might want to have, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, whatever with? And sure. they asked for, for one. I said, well, it's really about 20, but, but I'll give you three. And they were uh, Barack Obama, um, Condoleezza Rice, hmm. and Curtis Martin, the former NFL uh, football player. Yeah. And one of my friends, actually the guy I dedicated the book to, he goes, he he read the interview. He goes, yeah, do you want to have dinner with any white people? <laughs> oh. oh boy! And, and, and but they asked me to expand on that, and I said, so okay. First of all, Barack Obama. Um, not, you know, I wasn't an Obama fan because of his policies, but I think he's a good guy. Yeah. And I would love to have dinner with him and and learn about his you know his thinking, such as when he went into the the Iran uh, nuclear. Nuclear deal. I want to learn learn what was your thinking when, during the negotiations of, of that because I thought it was a flawed deal. But mm-hmm. I want to learn. Yeah. Um, Condoleezza Rice. Oh my gosh, the first African American female Secretary of State and brilliant. She wanted to be the NFL commissioner and they reelected Roger Goodell. I wish I wish it had been her because I think she is absolutely not only fascinating, brilliant, well prepared, absolutely she's funny. Yeah. Yeah. She did have she's you know funny. you kind of missed that sense of humor. Uh, you, she wasn't on TV every day, but you saw enough of her to be like, you know what? She she's you know a, a down to earth person that can connect. You know, she not, she, not is, she does connect well. You're yeah. right, and and she you know she was raised in a in a period of just horrible racism and bigotry, and sure. and and but she's she doesn't seem to have anger in her heart over it, you know. And you see pe- some people that do f- sometimes. I mean, mm-hmm. the heart of mankind is 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 the is so, you know if you if I always say if you get your heart right. You know, all the all the problems we have in our world go away because all the problems we have are problems of the heart. Yeah. And then Kurt, Curtis Martin, if you have never watched his Hall of Fame induction speech when he was inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame in 2012, watch it. It's worth 28 minutes of your life hmm. because this guy, um, he's had some football stories, but he just spoke from his heart with no notes. Right. He teared up several times, and to be such a sweetheart of a guy playing the most violent sport on the planet, 
is remarkable. Yeah. And he talks about forgiveness. He talks about getting his mom to forgive his dad. And, and it's just, it is, I mean, I thought, what a sweet guy. He'd be a lot of fun to have dinner with and just, just sit and shoot the shit with, you oh, know? of course. So... I forgot why I got on that seven. You, you know how I am. I just ramble. Well, you were, you, were, you mentioned you were doing a, <laughs> a, a magazine article uh, interview uh, and talking yes, about the three yes, people. Yes. Um, yes. John Harrell, author of Killing My Father, Then Finding Him, bestseller. Again, congrats on that uh, on Amazon. Where else uh, is the book available? Uh, just on Amazon. Okay. Handle and paperback. Great. Um, you mentioned... Um, Especially this time right now with the uh, COVID stuff going on, people are at home, people are, you know, holding on, people are losing faith, people are losing jobs. I mean, especially yeah. like your your messages and in, in video uh, in, in your blog, seeking-grace.com. I mean, it's kind of like there isn't a better time than now for people like you to go out and preach compassion and, and you know, let go of the anger in your hearts. Like you mentioned, it's the United States, not the divided states. Like with politics, correct? You know, it's that it's a correct. difficult time, and it's and it's it is hard for some people not to open their mouth and say something nasty, whether it's through their fingertips on the on the social media, uh, or you know, uh, saying it on the street. You know, hold the door open for somebody, do something positive, and just smile. I, just smile. You, you never know when you may you may be someone's last best hope. You just never know by a smile. It's that's so true. And you mentioned uh, in one of the videos, uh, life is a boomerang. You know, which I thought was a very interesting way to put that. Uh, you know, you get what you, you know, what, how, however you say that really stuck out to me. Um, you just have an interesting no, when, when perspective. That, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying you, you have you have an interesting, persp- a positive perspective that I think more people, uh, you wish more people would just kind of go out uh, or go about their day with. And uh, I think it's great. Well, life is a boomerang, and what you throw out comes back at you. But because of the the G forces that boomerang picks up, it comes back harder and faster than <laughs> than what you threw it out at. <laughs> so, but that's just what it is. If, if you put a bunch of negative crap out in the world, you're going to get that back. If you if you put out, it's got to be sincere. You got to be yourself. But yeah. if you put out goodness and and inspiration and and belief and not panicking and I mean these kind of things, it'll it will come back to you. Yeah. Um, you know, I was I had somebody call me a few years ago. <clears throat> the story just popped in my head. I hadn't, hadn't thought about it in a while. But there's a young lady who lives up in Dallas, and I just happened to. It was like I, was, I remember it was like one fifteen on a Tuesday afternoon, and I just happened to think about her. And I don't know her well. In fact, I, we've never even met. But at, at that time, we haven't. We have since. But um, I said, her name just popped in my head, and immediately I get a text message from her. It was weird. I mean, really weird. And so uh, she said, "What do you do? You know, I need some. I need some help. What do I? What do you do? What do you offer to people who are depressed? I'm in a right. real deep depression." And so I called her and I said, um, "I don't want to say her name because it's really unique, and I don't want anybody to figure out who it is." But I said, "Look, here's what you've got to do. You've got to go do something for someone who can never repay you. There is something magical about it. Yeah. I would even say it's spiritual about it because that's that is how we are hardwired. You go do something for someone." Who can never repay you, and even if it's just a real shit thing that you have to go do, right? Um, just do it, and you'll and you will you will immediately your spirits will be lifted. You feel better. You'll be you'll be you'll feel better. You'll be have have a load taken off. You'll be light, and it just it's just magic how it works. But it works every yeah. single time. 
It's so, so true. She went out and rocked a bunch of babies. You know, she went out and rocked a bunch of orphan babies and just sat in a, in a in a rocker with them. And she didn't have any children or anything, but she went and rocked them and took this little gal that was kind of like her adopted niece, if you will, her sure. best friend's daughter. And and she called me. She said, "This really made my my day." I mean, I said, "I can't thank you enough." I go, I, yeah, I'm just glad you called because, or, or that you contacted me because you know, remember this. It's a great lesson to learn. Just go yeah. do something for someone who can never repay you. And sometimes it's something as simple as saying hello to someone who is like, you know, down on their on their seems to be on their on their last leg or something. Well, you know? and I'm I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that and you you mentioned it a few moments ago is that like especially these days like now I'm you know, I'm in Chicago, obviously there aren't as many people out on the streets, you know, as you normally would find, but like everybody has it seems everybody has their earbuds in their ears okay so society is just like nah i don't want anything what do you and then if you if you say hi to somebody which i do i'm 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 very you know engaging and and you know i'm like hello you know whatever and they're like inconveniently taking their earbud out what you know it's like it's like i don't want it i don't want anything from you i'm just saying hello people used to do that you know and like you never know like i was on the train uh, several years ago and there was a girl on the phone very distraught she was crying I could only assume she was talking to a, a gentleman, and or maybe he wasn't a gentleman. Maybe that's why she was crying. Uh, and yeah. I just reached across and gave her the t- like, you know, the package of tissues that I had in my bag. Like that's what you're saying. Like, say hello to somebody, open the door for someone, hand somebody a tissue if they need it, because that little act, whatever you want to call it, kindness, generosity, compassion, whatever, uh, you ne- you never know where that's going to go for the rest of their day. Yep, you, know? you don't. You don't know what kind of impact that you you've made on their on their life, but it, you know it's made some impact. And if anything, if anything, it's just showing some kindness to people mm-hmm. when they're in, in in distraught situations. I mean, if you see a young lady crying on the train, you go, you know, my heart goes out to someone like that. Why yeah. are you crying? But but what can I do to to help you? Sure, right. That's what you did, and that's what you did. And in one of your videos, you mentioned uh, you quoted, uh, "Failure is unavo- unavoidable in an imperfect uh-huh. world." Why uh-huh. do you think, John? Pe- so many people are afraid of failure. Um, that's a great question. I think they're afraid because it, there's there's also fear of success, Dan. And people, um, we've seen it all the time that they start seeing some success in their careers and their lives and their personal lives. And all of a sudden, they do something to completely screw it up because yeah. they, you know, we manifest into the world what we think in our minds. Because our brain doesn't know the difference between fantasy and reality. So what you think about is what you're going to become. Um, fear of failure. I, I, I think it goes back to. So I have two favorite chapters in in, in the book, and and one of them is is judgment. Hmm. I think people are afraid of the judgments of others. But the truth is, and, and, I, and I say this and write this is like. People are judging you anyway, but you know what? Right. Their opinions of you don't matter. They have no authority over your life. Right. They have no authority over you. So if you have a dream in your heart that you want to do, no matter how crazy and you know unimaginable it might be, go try. Yeah. I mean, you know, but you've got to expect that's not going to go easy or smoothly. No. You're going to have some failures along the way. I mean, think about you know. Edison, who didn't discover the light bulb, but he discovered a, a sustaining, you know, uh, uh, material that would allow the light to continue to burn. He tried ten thousand times yeah. before he figured it out. Ten thousand times. Thank God for I mean, that. 
Yeah, that just blows my mind, though. You know, think about uh, Albert Einstein, who was he actually was really funny. You know, if you read about Einstein's life, he was brilliant and thought differently, yeah. which is what made him great. But he was he was funny. But he he tried so many different experiments, but he was willing to keep trying, keep failing. I mean, you know, Einstein has a great uh, he has a great a lot of great sayings, but one of them, my favorite, is two things are infinite: the universe and human stupidity. And I'm not sure about the, the universe. <laughs> well, I'll throw the third one in there, the IRS. But, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Count them on them. Yeah, I, it's... But, but the, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go Sorry, ahead. No, no, no. No, it's just, it's just that, you know, and he even reversed himself. He, he believed originally that the universe was finite until he proved through mathematics, I have no idea how, <laughs> but he proved through mathematics that the universe is infinite. And yeah. it's continually expanding, and he couldn't see the uh, the actuality of of his um, mathematical computation because the, the Hubble telescope was invented after his death. So, uh, we but we got proof of it then. Wow! But I think fear of failure. Um, I often wonder. I mean, uh, you know, one of my friends, his brother is one of these just phenom brilliant guys, but for some reason he's just got a lot of anger in him. So, example. He taught himself how to play guitar, and he was so good um, that that I mean people were wowed by him. I'm talking about 14 years old. Yeah. Well, and they started complimenting him. He put it down. He just never picked it up again. I thought, mm. how much, how much beautiful music is going to die with this guy? Right. How many, how many great, you know, creative things? How many wonderful performances we miss? Music, theater, movies. I mean, because people are afraid to fail. They're afraid to to get their nose dirty. Well, Any, anytime you try something that's worthwhile, you're going to you're going to fail. You may as well accept that. And but it's okay. <laughs> you know, like I say, people that are judging you or discouraging you or, you know, making fun of you or whatever, they have no authority over your life, so their opinions really don't matter. Yeah. And and do you think a lot of that too is is like our society, you know, like there's family pressure like you said the judgment like you know, yeah. oh, I, I shouldn't do this. You know, my parents aren't going to like this or my friends, you know, or, you know, I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of that going around. Like people think like, well, I got to, you know, they, they take the safe route per se with their careers instead of like, you know, man, it just sounds like a lot of work to, you know, like in my, say, my sense, go and become a musician where nobody else in my family, not saying they took the easy route because, you know, that's, that's relative and, you know, who, who knows how easy it is or what, but. You know, it just you. I just decided people need to decide. Like, look, what's what? What do I want to do? Like, don't don't do what your family thinks you should be doing because Agreed. that's just you can't. I mean, there's so much of that going on where you said people have like such hatred in their hearts that they're kind of rooting for you to fail around you. So it's like when you're around that, you shouldn't give a shit no matter what they do or, or, or think that of is, you. Yep, that is correct. I gave a talk to a college students 2000 college students i think it was 2017 and um <clears throat> the title of my talk was live your why don't trade your your uh potential for the perp for the uh, purpose of a paycheck yeah. uh or sa don't sacrifice your i forget don't yeah. sacrifice your potential for the security of a paycheck security yeah, yeah and so you know you got college kids and here's this this old gray-headed guy getting up to talk <laughs> and, I, and i got their attention i said for for, for, for many of you this is a talk that your parents probably don't want you to hear. 
And when, when you say that, you're all yeah. sitting up straight, right? Like, okay, tell me, because you know, they're still, you know, they're 20 now you years got old, them, yeah. still in rebellious stage, right? <laughs> and it was about that, like, live your why. You've got a purpose. You've got a, you've got a God-given purpose that is in your heart. Go do that, and yep. don't worry about what they're, don't worry about the secure route. Don't worry about what the world thinks, because they don't matter. Right. I have two two sons, they're 26 and 24 now, and when they were growing up, I said, guys, you know, focus on what you do well, and really always do that and work hard at, at, at being the best at that. Don't worry about what you don't do well, because if you ever want to know, everybody around you is taking inventory, and they're happy <laughs> to share with you how, how you screw up in, in, in life. But don't worry about <laughs> That's that, true. right? You can always find out. But inventory, don't, don't, I like don't, that. Don't worry about that. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, uh, that's a great point. I'm glad uh, that was in one of your videos um, because it's it's always kind of it's so fascinating because you hear like people will vote for somebody because wow well, my my family voted for them or right. you know they're spreading more BS on the internet because all they did was read the title of of the article yep. they didn't actually read the article they're not thinking for themselves and it's like look you know this is your life. You know, it's it's different if there's maybe a family business and you really want to partake in that family business. But in my sense, being the youngest of seven kids, I took a little inventory from everybody ahead of me, and I'm going, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go do my own thing. But yeah, that, and I, I applaud that because because look at what you, the route you took, and and when we met in 2014, you know, has got has got us connected today. Yeah, and I'm grateful for that, and I'm grateful we've stayed in touch, <clears throat> and. Um, just a few more minutes of your time, if you don't mind. You mentioned you wanted to tell me an interesting CCR story, so I guess yeah, now's, now's I, as good a time. I don't time think I even told. I don't think I ever told Stu this. Um, <laughs> but but uh, uh, and people are going to say this is so eerie. How how is it true? But when I was back when I was in high school back in the you know early seventies, I'd gone over to a friend of mine's house and and uh, this friend of mine Frank. He said, "Hey, I just got the new CCR live in London now. If you want to hear it, I go sure." And so he puts it on the record player. And you know, I tell my kids this story, and they're like, "What's a record player?" <laughs> but uh, but, uh, but I said, I, he he put it on the record player, and the very first downbeat of the bass on, I think it was "Heard It Through the Grapevine." I got this weird impression, hmm. and it was so powerful, it's so strong. I've had these several times in my life. It's like I'm going to meet these guys one day, <laughs> and I'm serious. I, I just knew it. I absolutely knew it. I'm like. This makes no sense. I'm a dipshit kid in a little small town Texas. I don't know anybody in the entertainment industry. I don't know anybody famous, but it, it was so powerful. It just it was one of those memories sure. that just stuck with me. Now fast forward 25 years to February of 2007, and uh, someone <clears throat> you know, introduced me to some to, to someone in my office and went sat down. I had an appointment. It was Stu Cook. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this is crazy cool you know yeah which is how i was going to mention you were you were at one of our shows in vegas as his guest you know and that's that's where you and i met i was one of the shows i was just filling in for yeah and then you were coming to uh uh fredericksburg that's right the the next month at the rock box i think the place Mm -hmm. is called yeah yeah so we connected there and hung out and Drank beer with your band afterwards, and you and your, oh, and your family come we've, in. We've, we've never, fun. we've never done that. I, I don't know what you're talking about, Jeff. You're, you're making, you're <laughs> well, making I was something. Leading everyone astray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is That's great. How I lead. <laughs> so uh, on Instagram, John underscore Harrell, uh, John Harrell author dot com, um, author of Killing My Father Than Finding Him and Seeking-Grace.com. I want to talk uh, just a, a couple minutes here about you're on the board of directors 
for Rachel's Challenge, and that's uh, yep. rachelschallenge.org, R-A-C-H-E-L. So Rachel, rachelschallenge.org. What, uh, tell us a little bit about the organization and how you became uh, affiliated with them. Sure. So, and thank you for bringing that up. Rachel's Challenge is uh, just something so, so near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a real heart for kids. And I, you know, in the book, I talk about going out and speaking to incarcerated kids several times a year. And, and I, just, I get more, more joy out of doing that than anything, than anything I do. But Rachel's Challenge is the largest organization in the world focused on kindness and compassion. Now, they're mainly in schools. And they, they have an, um, an hour and ten minute long you know, presentation telling about Rachel's life and how she connected with people um, and all the good that she did. Is there something just crazy magical about this thing? It's, it's something you can't get on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You can't just read about it. Rachel was Rachel Joyce Scott. Rachel was the first child killed at Columbine High School in 1999. And her family, her dad, Daryl, and stepmom, Sandy, um, through a sequence of events, founded this organization based upon her life, her writings, her influence on others. And so I'll, I'll, I'll share this with you. So when you see um, at, a, at a young person's funeral, they have a white coffin and kids start writing messages on that. Rachel's was the first one that ever happened to, and it mm. just started something. Her funeral was viewed by more people in CNN's history than any other uh, viewing of anything. And so, but after her um, death, I mean, she was the middle kid of five kids, and she was always kind of like, as Daryl, her dad would say, she was the spark plug of our family. But he just said that, he said, we never knew a lot of this stuff. We had kids come tell us that the way that she influenced us and how one girl, her, her worst day at school became her best day because Rachel reached out to her. See, Rachel reached out to three groups of kids, yeah. uh, new kids, kids that were special needs, and kids who were getting bullied. And she didn't care about being popular. She was a beautiful, beautiful 17-year-old when she died. She didn't care about that. She cared about making an impact on others. She left um, six journals behind. And, wow. uh, uh, and, and one of her things that she said was, you know, it was a, uh, from a paper called My Ethics, My Codes of Life. She says <clears throat> that compassion is the greatest form of love we have, that um, – how does she say this? Um, you never know how far a little kindness can go. I mean, there's a kid named Adam. It's just just one example. And Adam is a big guy. Uh, he's moderate functioning special needs kid. And, and he walked up to Daryl a couple of months after her funeral. I said, uh, Mr. Scott, I need to tell you, your daughter saved my life, and I never had a chance to tell her. And you know, that's a pretty big statement. So yeah. Daryl says, well, tell me. He said, well, <clears throat> one day at school, I, you know, he goes, I got picked on every day. I got made fun of. I got called retard. I got called all kinds of things and pushed around. He said, one day I was at my locker, and these two bigger guys came up, and they start pushing me into the lockers, and they take all my books, and they kick it down the hallway and just you know, making fun of me in, in the middle of the, the, the class, I mean, the hallway between class, and said, your daughter saw what was going on, down the hall and she ran all the way down the hall and got in between me and the two bigger guys balled up her fist and said the next one of you that messes with him has to go through me <laughs> and you know i'm sure that these guys were not scared at all but but whatever she did they softened and they just left so she you know adam was really excitable being special needs didn't know how to process this kind of stuff 
well. So she took, got everything organized for his locker and put it back together and then walked him to class. Yeah. And then she goes and takes it a step further and she says to her friend, said, look, Adam doesn't have any friends at school. All you got to do is you don't have to marry him. Just be friendly to him. Yeah. Give him a pat on the back. If you see him eating lunch by himself, just go sit with him. Yeah. And she said, it's, you know, let him have a sense of community. And he, and he said, Mr. Scott, she did. They did. I, I started having a group of friends and, mm. and my life got better. He said, what she didn't know is that I had planned to kill myself that very day after wow. school. And he said, but because your daughter stood up for me, I couldn't do it. I feel like I, it would be for nothing. I couldn't let her down. And so she saved a life without ever even knowing it. Wow. There's so many crazy stories like, like this. I mean, of, of her life, is, it truly is, even though we're non-religious, non-political, we're in school, so we have to be, there's a spiritual component to her whole story. There's a yeah. spiritual piece to, to Columbine, as horrible as it was. So there's a story that Daryl tells, and, and um, it has a great story. He said, one day, Rachel's about 13 years old, and I come walking downstairs at home, and, and uh, she's laying on the floor watching Oprah Winfrey on TV. And she looked up, and she said, Dad, I'm going to be on Oprah one day. <laughs> he's like, uh, okay, honey, uh, uh, and I'll, I'll be sure and watch it. It's just one of those things a kid says, and you yeah. don't think, you know, you just don't think you put it out of your mind. It's, you know, just a, a moment. Fast forward five years later, this is after Columbine, she was dead, and he said, the first time I was on the Oprah Winfrey show, was sitting on the, uh, when Mike Depp was sitting on stage, and she's going through her notes for the, uh, for the, for the segment. So I'm looking around, and I look behind me, and I see my daughter's picture. It is enormous. And he said, all of a sudden, this memory came flashing back to me, yeah. and he goes, I start hyperventilating. And Oprah looks at me, and she says, Mr. Scott, are you okay? He said, no, Oprah, I really am not. Let me just tell you what, what memory I just had. And he said, she was such a professional because she said, okay, I'll get you through this. Just follow my lead, but I will get you through this. And, and he said, and she did. She saved mm-hmm. my butt that day because I was a wreck when that, when that came back. You know, that memory came back to me. But, but Rachel's challenge has been her, – her story has been experienced by over 30 million people worldwide. Um, it's all over Mexico now. It, it was about to launch in southern South, uh, South Africa. But her life has truly transformed and just impacted, touched the hearts of millions of people. Yeah. Like something that is unexplainable. You know, schools have their anti-bullying thing. And, right. you know, we don't really want to be known as an anti-bully or anti-suicide uh, organization. But there is a cause and effect. We see referrals to the principal's office go down 80% after Rachel's challenge has been in the school. We see, um, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really have any data on suicides, but I'll tell you this in the, in the 20 years, uh, now 21 years this month since Columbine, there have been 144 shooting deaths of school children. I mean, any, one is too many, right. but there's been 144 kids that have been killed, been many more shot, of course, but 144 killed. For every one of those kids, Dan, that, that was killed in school, you know, gun violence, another 380 to one, 380 to one committed suicide. Oh. It's over 50,000 kids have committed suicide in the last 21 years, and it's now the number two killer of kids. So it's it's even more important that we reach these kids and yeah. we and we we make an impact because many of them go home to shitty home life like I did and they, they give up hope. And then, the, you know, Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and everything else has made it more difficult on kids because we have a natural 
a natural proclivity to compare ourselves, yeah. right? To compare ourselves to others. And if you don't have a good foundation of confidence and all, you're going to, you're going to crumble. And it's, it's awful. You've got to touch the hearts of children. It's, 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 it's absolute the best, best means of, of changing and transforming the hearts of people, adults and children sure. I've ever experienced. And it just, I've been privileged and, and I'm grateful to serve on that board five years this coming June. And it's all a bunch of great, I mean, just a bunch of great people. Um, just a bunch of really good people. And the organization is full of, you know, I, I always say, you know, they've got really 10 full-time employees. And, uh, and I say, you know what? You guys get more accomplished with 10 full-time employees than most companies with thousands of employees. We, we could probably teach the federal government a thing or two. I was going right? to say, they're, they're getting more done with 10 than the government <laughs> is with however many they have. That's uh, uncountable. It's the largest employer in the in the in the world, actually. I think, but and we're we're but coming just, up. I, but I love Racial's Challenge, and and if people go to the go to the website racialschallenge.org, org, I mean they're not going to be blown away, but but they'll see some some videos of Rachel and uh, true stories of her impact yeah. on on others. Uh, we don't put a lot of money into the. I say we. I don't work for them. I'm just on the board, but but the organization puts more more money into. You know programs and getting out to to schools and to children, right? And that's the, uh, that that's does the in goal. the website, right? Yeah, and and we're we're coming up sadly on the on the anniversary April twentieth of ninety nine. But like you mentioned, yeah. what Rachel did interjecting in the hallway of the school with the with the bullying, but there's also like you mentioned online, there's the cyber bullying. I mean, there's there's so uh-huh. much of that going on that you hear stories of suicide. And because and then it's linked to you know social media and the, the the terrible things that kids say and do to each other or making making a a, a student child uh, terrified to go to school the next day, you know. Yep, and, and it's every it's day one hundred sixty thousand plus kids skip school because they're afraid of being bullied. It's it's just it's unacceptable, you it, know. It, it, is. And, it is. And like you said, like if one if one child is shot or killed, it's too many. It's just it's. The, the number has to be zero. It's just, uh, we, we got to figure out a way to get it down to zero. I don't know what the answers are. Um, you know, we can do I don't either, but I do think that, I do think that, you know, outlaw guns is not a viable thing because, you know, that kid can get a knife or a rock. I mean, Cain killed Abel with a rock, you know, so, I mean, you know, right. so ever since the beginning of time, there's been good and evil. There's been good, yeah. good and evil. And, and what we've got to do is impact the heart's and transform yeah. the hearts of people, adults and children, because some adults can be real dicks too, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and, but, but kids, yeah, you know, I have, again, I have a heart for kids and, and, uh, I get more fun out of talking to these incarcerated kids. Not, you know, they're not in jail cells. They're in, but they are in lockdown. They don't have the, um, they don't have free reign of their day. And I'll, I'll share this one story with you because sure. it's just, God, it just, it made such an impact on me. So, um, this happened at the Williamson County Juvenile Detention Center a couple of years ago. Um, and so when I talked to these kids, there's usually about 100 kids in, in that audience, and so I talked to them. And one thing I do bring up is youth suicide. So I, I, by not, if I don't talk about this, it doesn't make the problem go away. Right. Because I know in a crowd this size, some of you are considering taking your own life. You've given up hope, and I, I get that. Um, but what I want to ask you to do is don't do that. You've got you've got another round in you. You've got to get back in the ring and fight. Mm-hmm. And if you get knocked out, get back in the ring. Get up and fight and keep fighting and keep fighting and keep going because that you know you've got to come come up with a you have to to create a vision for your life. 
yeah. and hold it deep inside your heart. Your circumstances are going to change, but your vision doesn't have to. And don't make it about making money. But I, I'm just saying, if you, if you if you've given up hope, you know there is hope in the future. I, I promise you, because I was a hopeless teenager, and I get I get it. And I can speak to these kids yeah. with credibility because I was one of them. Except I didn't go to the juvenile detention center. I should have. All the shit I was doing as a teenager. But I just never got caught. Right. I had this boy walk up to me. He's and he's, he's you know the kids always want to come up and talk to you and and say you know what the, what a meaningful message it was and, and all. And this one boy is kind of hanging back, and he comes walking up after everybody left, and uh, uh, he goes, you know that kid you were talking about that had given up hope. I said, yeah. He said, that's me. Hmm. He said my plan was to kill myself when I when I got out of here a few months. And he said you've given you've given me hope for a better future, and I'm going to trust that you know what you're talking about. And so I reached out and shook hands with him, and he had this, damn, he had the most beautiful gleam in his eye and a great smile, and just, I mean, I still see this kid's face. Yeah. I said, what's your name? He says, Edwin. I go, I love that name. Yeah. I said, I love unique names. There's not a lot of Edwins around, but, man, I'm glad you, I'm glad you, you, you found, you know, your, your, your inner hope. Don't yeah. give up. And so he kind of walked away. Well, six months later, I was back at the, uh, back at the Williamson County Center, and, and so, you know, same thing, give a, give a talk about 100 kids, and, and the, um, Later, this at the very end, I stand in the back talking to three or four of the, of the young ladies that were, were, you know, in the detention center and talking to them. And and this kid comes walking by. And he's got his head down, but he sticks his hand down. And he goes, "Thank you for coming." And I looked. And I go, "Edwin." He goes, "Yeah, you remembered me." I said, "Of course, I remembered you." I said, "I'm glad to see you. I'm glad you're here." And this like gleam in his eye came back, and I was like, "It wasn't anything I did. It's not about me ever." And I don't want your your listening audience to ever think that I don't, I have no ego in this. I'm just trying to make an impact on, on people. And, and that story, that story I just shared with you gives me the momentum to keep going and keep going. Cause you, you don't always know you're really reaching people, but that told me I was. Well, so. it's, it's so, it's so refreshing and, and positive, John. It really is. And it's uh, more than ever needed uh, in my opinion, this day and age uh, with just everything going on, not just the COVID stuff, but, any any mm-hmm. any you know positivity that people can have brought into their lives and then reciprocate and you know boomerang it around uh, yeah. to more people. I mean, again, especially nowadays, uh, it's just it's so admirable and and I I appreciate you for it and everything that you do and I'll continue to enjoy your Instagram videos and hope that others will join on your channel as well. I hope so, and, and uh, if they do, have them please just drop me a quick comment. You know, even if it's just a heart or a thumbs up or something yeah. like that. Um, I, uh, I I make I make a new video every Saturday, and I post it on Instagram on Sundays, Facebook on Saturdays, and maybe a time or two during the week. And I'm getting about from all sources: WordPress, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm getting about fourteen, fifteen hundred views a week, Great. You know, which is okay. Yeah. Just, and every now and then I get a I get a comment and you know say this is, you know, thanks for doing this exactly what I needed and <clears throat> usually people I don't even know and that spurs me on to just keep going absolutely you know, just keep keep doing it so I use Facebook either to make people laugh or to inspire you know yeah. one, one or the other it's it's uh, it's uh, and I and I make fun of politicians on there too sometimes it's, but it's always <laughs> in fun I make fun of Republicans and Democrats yeah sure fun. well All they of them. they bring it on themselves I'll tell you that. They give, they give a guy like me a lot to work with is all I can say. <laughs> well, you know, with everybody's – not everybody, but a lot of people sitting at home, there's a lot of creative shit going around right now. There's People are coming up I, with I some a, good stuff. Yeah. I, I wrote a – last summer I wrote a pilot for a sitcom, and I've gotten – you know, I've tried to 
market it and shop it, and it's, that's a hard industry to break into. I've gotten nowhere, but it actually is pretty good. But the and it's called Capital Pains, and it's about a lobbyist. And the lobbyist is like the he's the he's the one that just gets screwed over all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I've got. Um, I've got uh, six episodes written, including the pilot, and you know, we'll see if anything ever comes out of it. That's awesome. It was, it was fun. This stuff that, that you know, we don't have time for it, but some of the stories I know about what ha- happens behind the scenes in politics blows my mind. Yeah. One, of my, one of my good friends is a former, um, former lobbyist, and the, some of the stories uh-huh. he told me was, that, was, the, was the inspiration for creating the sitcom. Yeah. This is this is this is gold. I can't let this die, right. you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's hope you can make that into something because I I would watch it. But <laughs> it's 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 good plus seeing the lobbies get get, you know, screwed over I me mean, that, that that doesn't uh, that doesn't hurt anybody's feelings, you know. No. But uh, sadly <laughs> lobbying is not going to go away in DC. The money's too big. Nope. It's just not going to go away. Ugh. Well, John, uh, thank you very much for your time, and uh, I'm glad we were able to put this together. We've been texting about it for quite a while, and uh, you know, the, we 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 both had the time this week. So, <laughs> same same time tomorrow. I'm, Let's do that. Yeah, I'm home, and my uh, my uh, network to my computer, uh, my my uh, uh, network system down, you know, with with international company, uh, they. It's overwhelmed. It's, it's shut down, so I'm stuck here. Just you know, it's like, uh-huh. it per- it actually a perfect day. But thank, thank you for thinking of me, and and you know, I'm really honored that you would uh, think I had, you know, something worthwhile to to add to your listeners. I appreciate them, uh, I and I'm grateful to know you. Uh, likewise, it, absolutely, it's a great message, and you do a great job. And and thank you for for all of that. That's what this world needs a lot more of. <laughs> well, I'm gonna keep going as long as I got a breath in me. I promise you that. Well. John, thanks. Have a great rest of the day, and um, you know, keep an eye on that toilet paper. <laughs> that blows my mind. If any, if any of your listeners know why people are hoarding toilet paper, please enlighten me. I have no idea. I can't figure I, that one out. I know. I know. I can't. You know? I, don't, I can't either. I just yeah. Well, next time we chat, maybe we'll have a solution. <laughs> <laughs> We're to be. We'll be on to the next crisis, whatever that That's is. That's right. Come cool. back to Texas. Come, come play down here. Well, soon, yeah, as soon as things are able to, yeah, you, you, we'll, we'll see each other for sure. Sounds great. Thanks, Stay in Dan. touch, John. Thanks. Take care. You too. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. You are listening to a podcast of Danimal Planet. For more information or to enjoy other podcasts, please visit danimalplanetradio.com.